0: thank you so much today for being in church um we have about 200 women at a retreat right now and i really didn't know if it might just be me uh today because you know we got those 200 women and then some percentage of those women's husbands are not able to like function without their wives pulling the trigger and then like um if you kids i don't know if we'd have any kids today because you know some dads can't do hair or whatever it is, but I was actually talking to TJ, our communications guy this morning and he said, you know, it's kind of a mixed bag because there's a lot of dads that today said, man, I just can't do it. It's just gonna have to be cereal and cartoons. We're gonna do church online today and that's all there is to it. And then other dads said, no, if I go to church then I can put the kids in kids ministry and I can get an hour away from them. So what, whatever brought you here, we're thankful that you are here today. Um, I'm especially glad to be back. I've been away for a couple of weeks. Um, Margaret and I went up to New Mexico uh, to do my niece's wedding, which is super exciting and fun for us. And then from there, we talked about going to the beach and taking a week off. And we said, man, it's 106 in San Antonio. Is going to the beach really something that we wanna do right now? So instead we went up to Breckenridge, Colorado. And while we were there, um, our agenda, our, our plan was that we were going to do nothing right? It's a ski town. It's not ski season. Right? And that's why we picked it. We wanted to do nothing. And, and we kind of, we, we kind of accomplished that. We didn't do anything productive. Um, we didn't do anything that really mattered, but physically we did a lot. We did a lot of hiking. We did a lot of walking. In fact, according to my Fitbit app, we averaged about seven and a half miles a day. And a lot of that was going up, you know, steep hills and at altitude. It's, it's like 9,500 feet there. I don't know if you know, some of you are nodding. There's no air there, right? They, you know, they sell air in cans. Have you seen that? They sell oxygen in cans. And I thought, you know, I remember when they came out with bottled water. And I said, bottled water? Water's supposed to be free, but now they're selling oxygen to us. So that something's, something's very wrong with that. But we, it, was, it was a physical. It was a physical week. We, we walked a lot. We climbed a lot. Um, one day we didn't get our seven and a half miles in because we rented bikes, and we, you know, we, the time between us riding bikes is usually about twelve to fourteen months, right? Like on a vacation maybe or something, and then we don't do it. So we said, oh, let's, let's rent a bike and go for a little ride. And they got a lot of loops. If you've been there, there's a lot of little trails and stuff you can do. And uh, we were going to do the three mile loop, um, and instead. Um, Like, we started riding, and we're, like, up where the ski stuff is. So from there, everything's downhill, right? So, you know, you get on your bike, and you push at the kickstand, and I'm free, free free-falling. Right? You don't have to, you don't pedal. You just, you just... Dang, You know, just happy. The wind is blowing. It's all cool. And there's snow on the mountains and flowers everywhere. And we, I told Mark, I meant three miles. This is easy. You know, we should get bikes when we get home. This is awesome. We should just, let's just, let's go to the next town. Let's go. Here's the key word. Let's go down to Frisco, which is like 10 miles, right? So yeah, we, We're riding and singing and just enjoying creation. We get down to Frisco. We go in and have this huge lunch at a restaurant. I ate a cookie about that big. We walked all around. It was awesome. Come back out. I get on my bike and I told Margaret like, something's wrong with mine. It's like, it's not, it's it's, like, I don't know what's, and she goes, yeah, you know I think we have to pedal now. so, So it took us like 50 minutes to get there. And then it took us like, two hours and 50 minutes to get back. So FYI, um, your pastor is not as young as he once was. So um, all that to say, it was a super busy physical week. And one week, I mean, one day while we were there, um, we were hiking and it was just like super pretty up in the trails and all that stuff. And I told Margaret, you know what? We're getting older now and we need to get intentional about our health, you know? we, when we get back home, we gotta get back to walking. We've gotta get back to exercise. We've gotta, I gotta drink more water. And maybe I might even like change what I eat or something. And you know why? Not so I can look better. Not so I can look better. Cause I'm gonna tell you for me, that ship has sailed. <laughs> right, I'm 62. It's like, I remember when my dad was my age, he wore coveralls. He said, I'm retired, I wear what I want. And he said, coveralls, every single day. And I remember saying to him, Dad, it's like a giant onesie. You're, you're embarrassing. Like, Why are you, why are you doing that? And it's like, you know what? Now I kind of get it. I have lost interest in the way that I look. I, I don't, I'm not going to exercise so that I can have a trim waistline. You know, I'm not going to the gym to live. I already have a wife. I don't need biceps. I don't, there's no, that's not valuable to me. So, but I, now I have a new, I have a new motivation. And that is... I wanna be healthy because healthy things live. And I wanna live. And I don't just mean I wanna avoid dying, right? I wanna really live. I wanna experience life. I wanna hike that mountain again, right? I wanna enjoy my grandkids, not watch them. I wanna play with them. I wanna be in the, I want to suck everything I can out of life. I think, I, I think at some point I can shoot around a round of golf under par. I think that's in me. I, I, I might have another half marathon in me. You know, I just, I just, I want, I want, I want to really live. So if healthy things live, then I want to be healthy. So how do I know? Like how do, how to, what's the metric, right? What's the gauge? What's the litmus test? How, how am I doing? With, with my health. And here's where we have to avoid the comparison trap, right? That is, that is from the devil. That just leads to frustration. And I'm going to show you what I mean. Um, Matt, do you have that picture of the Grand Canyon? Take a look at this picture. So this is the Grand Canyon and everybody that goes there says the same thing. Oh, it's bigger than you think. It's steeper than you think. It's so far down and so far across. That's a beautiful, beautiful picture, but we're gonna zoom in and I'm gonna show you something even more beautiful and amazing. That ant right there is Pastor Mike. He's running the Grand Canyon. He went from rim to rim to rim, 42 miles on that terrain. And he said, dad, you can't tell that story because in all reality, I walked part of the way. And I said, well, then you're a wuss and you're dead to me. <laughs> <laughs> 42 miles of that? I said, I, see so you see what I'm saying? I can't compare my health to his, it's different. I'll never, ever, I'm too old to start over. I, I'll never have his cardiovascular strength. I'll never have his, and I, it's, it's death for me to compare myself to him. Um, let me give you another great example. Oh, here's Jeremy. Um, some of you know Jeremy and Laura, is Laura here? No, she's at the retreat. She's at the retreat, okay. So this is Jeremy Hunt, and they've been, they became members just a few weeks ago, right? And so really excited to have them and their sons on board with us here at the church. But um, I just want you to just like do a little exercise with me. Look at me. <laughs> Look at Jeremy. Let's do a little turn. You, it's, it's subtle, but do you, <laughs> if you squint, like, do you see the difference between me and Jeremy? It's, it's, do you see it? Shorts. Yes, it's the dress cut. Yeah. Yeah. It's his darker hair. That's Thanks, Jeremy. Thank you. You did a great job. Thank, thank, you. thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Jeremy. You can clap for him. So here's what I want you to see. It's 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 not an appropriate litmus test for me, right? It's not an appropriate gauge for. I will never run like Mike. I will never be as strong or look like Jeremy. And if I compare myself to them, that is death to me. If I, I mean, if that is what an adult male human is supposed to look like, then I mean, I wish you call the mortuary now. <laughs> Just have them pick me up after church because this is. This is it. And so uh, that's a, a comparison is not a good idea. A comparison is not a good idea. It's, it's silly. And, it, and it's humiliating. And, it's, and it, it's just, it doesn't work because everybody's a little bit different. So like Mike is healthy and Jeremy is healthy. But they don't look the same. So like how am, I, how am I supposed to look? So I need something other than a comparison to other people. I need a better measurement. I need a better like a benchmark or a a metric. I need something better to measure my health with. And luckily in medicine, we have them, right? Doctors have lots of great metrics. They can check our blood pressure. They can check our heart uh, rate. They can check our weight. They can give us an EKG, or they can check your oxygen level. I did a plaque something screening on my heart to see how much plaque I have built up in my heart. And I'm paying attention to these metrics because I wanna know how healthy I am. I need to know how healthy I am because I want to live. And if I need to make some adjustments in my lifestyle so that I can be healthier and so that I can live, I mean, I wanna make them. I don't, I don't wanna just be going along thinking I'm okay and then one day I wake up in the hospital and there's a doctor and he's like, surprise, <laughs> you know, you're, you're dying. I don't, I, if I need to make some changes, then I wanna make those changes now. I I don't don't wanna think I'm doing better than I really am. I need a metric. And I also don't wanna, I don't wanna, I don't wanna think I'm doing worse than I am right now Um, because I don't wanna live in fear. You know, I don't wanna think that I'm hanging by a thread, right? Oh no, if I bend over to tie my shoe, I might break a hip, you know? Oh, if I play basketball, I might have a stroke. Oh, if I eat a cookie, I might have a heart attack. I wanna know the, I, want, I need a true metric because if, I'm, if I am doing great, I'd like to tie my own shoes and I'd like to play basketball and I'd like to eat some cookies. I don't wanna just live, I wanna really live. I wanna experience life. So I need to know if I'm healthy physically and mentally and relationally and even like professionally and financially but especially spiritually. Because more than all those other things, I wanna really live spiritually. I, I want to, I'm not looking for a get out of hell free card. right? I want more than that. I wanna, I wanna really experience life in Jesus. I wanna really experience his kingdom forever and eternity, but also here and now i don't i don't want to just survive spiritually i want to live i I want it all i want the the rich satisfying abundant eternal life that jesus said he died to give me don't you don't you want to really know him Don't don't you wanna, like, experience supernatural power in your life? Don't don't you you just, don't you wanna be a part of his plan to redeem the world? Don't you wanna enjoy your walk with Jesus? I think that's real spiritual, that's really living. Right, that's real spiritual life. So it brings up the question, right? If healthy things experience real life, and if I want to experience real life spiritually, how's my spiritual health? And how, how, how can I know? How can I know how I'm doing and how healthy I am as a Jesus follower? How, how is my prayer life? And how is my worship life, and my service life, and how is my biblical knowledge, and how's how's my relationship with Jesus? Are are, are we are me and him tight? You know, like how do how do I know what what's the measurement, what's the metric? How can I measure how healthy I am spiritually? And just like with the physical stuff, the comparison trap is death, right? I mean, I, I'm going to look, at, I'm going to compare myself to Jesus. I'm gonna compare myself spiritually to Jesus? I mean, realistically, I might as well compare myself physically to Jeremy, right? That's, 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 not, a, that's, not, a, that's not a good test for me, right? Um, the people in the Bible, I, I mean, I, I could compare myself to the people in the Bible, and maybe to a degree that's what we do, but you know, Jesus was bugged with his disciples when they couldn't pray for an hour at a time. How many of you pray for at least one hour every single day? I saw one, uh, that was awesome. Um, so I don't, wanna, I don't wanna compare myself to, to them and I don't wanna compare myself to other Christians that I know because if I'm supposed to worship like Joy, our worship pastor, or if I'm supposed to pray like Debbie Childers, our prayer team leader, or if I'm supposed to know the Bible like Tim Mackey, if I'm supposed to preach like Robert Emmett, if I'm supposed to serve like Mother Teresa, if that's the measurement, of a healthy Christian life, if that's what a healthy Christian life looks like, then, I mean, I'll be dead by the end of this sermon. So that's, I I am never gonna preach like Robert. I am never gonna pray like Debbie. I am probably never gonna worship like Joy. I am probably never gonna serve like Mother Teresa. So I need a better test, right? So what's my spiritual EKG, right? What's my spiritual, like, blood pressure test or something. I, I, need, I need a measurement, I need a metric. Where should I be right now? Is it, I mean, is there a grading scale? Is it, is it on a curve? And it matters, it matters because spiritually, just like physically, I don't wanna be going along thinking I'm doing okay, right? And then one day I wake up a judgment and Jesus is right there. Right, I, I, don't want, I don't want that, and I'm not so, so worried about that because my salvation isn't based on what I do, it's based on what He did. But like a, a judgment, when, he, when, he, when they're passing out the crowns, right, when the rewards are being distributed and all that stuff, I don't want them like, you know, here's a key to your mansion, well done, good and faithful servant, right? Here's a key to your mansion, well done, good and faithful servant. And then He comes to me and it's like, oh, they. A- Right, here's you're gonna live in a van down by the river. I, I don't, I don't, I don't want. I just like, just like my physical life, right? I don't want to barely make it, right? First Corinthians talks about a man that gets in, just like a man escaping a fire, like he just barely got through. just barely. I don't want to. I don't want to barely get in. I don't want to squeak in. I want the whole thing, you know. I want to really experience kingdom life here and in eternity. So I don't want to think I'm doing better than I really am. And I also don't want to think I'm doing worse than I really am. I don't want to just live. I want to really live and experience life spiritually, and I don't want to live in fear that I'm doing it wrong. And I don't want to live in condemnation, and I don't want to live in comparison and discontent. I want to live. I don't want to just not die. I want to experience real spiritual life, and and healthy things live physically and spiritually, so how do I get a spiritual checkup, right? How do I, what can I use as a realistic bar for, to measure how I'm doing, and not comparing to other people? And I think I found a really good answer to this. Um, It's in the story of Jesus with his disciples, and particularly when I was looking through Matthew the other day, I just noticed this, and it's like, this is a test to take my spiritual blood pressure, right? This is like a this is like a spiritual EKG. Like in one short sentence, I can I can know how I'm doing and how healthy I am spiritually. And this honestly, this little this little metric can tell us in three words how healthy our spiritual life is. So. If you're taking notes, you might want to write this down. If, you, if somebody near you has been asleep until now, just wake them up for just this part because this is it. This is, this is the metric. If you want to know how you are, am I healthy? Is this how you're supposed to do it? Where am I at? Is it working for me? How, how healthy am I spiritually? This is our litmus test. It's three words. Are you ready? Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, here it comes. Healthy things grow. Healthy things grow. No matter where you are, right? Healthy things go to the next level. No matter where you are, healthy things grow. So, great example of this. At my house, I have a flower hanging on my front porch. I have a picture, I think, of it. Do I have that? There it is. What do you think? (laughs) I don't don't know what kind of flower it is. Um, But here's what I know. When I planted it, it was bigger than that. <laughs> and it was more colorful and bright and full of life than that. And everything was green. And I'm telling you, if I cut all, if I cut the brown stuff off, it's like there's nothing left, right? And so now we go to Breckenridge, you guys have been to Breckenridge, the flowers there, right? So the, these are the same flowers, <laughs> same flowers, same flowers. And I, got, I put them side by side and that's dangerous. We don't want to do a comparison, but it, do we have one of a side by side, Matt? Yeah, there we go. Okay. So I mean when we when we planted ours and when they planted theirs, I think they were the same size. It's not hard for me to see which one is healthy. Not by comparing mine to theirs. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is theirs has grown and mine hasn't. Healthy things grow. Healthy flowers produce more new blossoms and leaves and color. Healthy human bodies grow bigger and stronger. Healthy relationships grow closer together. Healthy financial portfolios grow richer. If you want to know how you're doing in your spiritual health, don't compare yourself to people. Compare yourself to you. Yesterday, or last week, or last month or last year, what, wherever you are in your journey with Jesus. If you say, I'm 5% there, or I'm 95% there, that's fine. The metric is not where you are on that scale. The metric is, are you growing? Because healthy things grow. And this, I've, I've noticed this just in my life, anecdotally by looking around, but more importantly than like that, I see it in scripture. And I wanna show you what Jesus did with his disciples. Jesus, at the end of the game, what Jesus was going to do was he's going to charge his disciples with the most important assignment ever given, right? Go into the world and make disciples of every nation. That's like the biggest thing anybody's ever been, at. Go into the whole world, there's 12 guys, go to the whole world and do this amazing thing. And I want you to see how, this, how, how he did it, how he we went about it with them, because what he didn't do was go out and recruit a bunch of Pastor Mike's or a bunch of Jeremy's. He didn't, he didn't go out and find guys that were super healthy, He didn't recruit these amazing, deep, spiritual leaders that compared well to other people. He just took regular people, and he grew them one step at a time. And that growth was the indicator that they were healthy. So remember, um, as your kids are growing up, how in the closet, on the doorway, you mark how tall they are with a pencil going up? That's your little growth chart of how they're doing, right? And so I want you to just look at this little growth chart with them. Right? Here's first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade. Look what's going on with the disciples. So the first time Jesus kind of runs into the disciples in Matthew it's Matthew 4:19, And here's these guys. They're commercial fishermen, and they're out doing their little family business. They're fishing, right? And this is verse four, uh, uh, chapter 4, verse 19. Jesus, and we're gonna go kind of just through Matthew doing this, okay? Jesus called out to him and he says, come follow me and I'll show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. Now by all accounts, that's a big first step, but he's not sending them out to to, to disciple the whole world yet, right? They're not not ready for that yet. This first stage of growth was just like, almost like a baby step of them just making a commitment to follow that's in chapter four. In my Bible, chapters five through seven are almost all red. What does that mean? It's Jesus talking, talking, right? This is Jesus teaching. And so this next stage for them, first, it was just that they were going to follow him. And that's where they were right then. And then the next stage was that they were going to grow. And now they were going to start learning from him. They're still following, but they've added to that. See, they're, they're growing now, right? And now they're actually learning from Jesus. Chapter eight, is mostly healings, miracles. He's casting out demons and all this stuff. The disciples didn't stop following. They didn't stop growing, but they took, they're growing, right? So they took the next step. Now they're really experiencing the power of Jesus. Look at their growth, right? They just said, yeah, we'll follow. Then they started learning, and now they're experiencing the power of Jesus. So now they're ready for the next step in their growth. Chapter 10, Jesus sends them out. Here it is, I'll read it to you. This is verse five. Jesus sent the 12 apostles with these instructions. Don't go to the Gentiles or the Samaritans because it was supposed to be the Jews first. Also, probably they weren't up for it at this stage, right? All they could handle was gonna be Jews, right? Verse six, not only to the people, uh, only go to the people of Israel, God's lost sheep. Go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy and cast out demons. Give as freely as you have received. Can you imagine him saying that to them at the lake that day? They wouldn't have been ready for it then, right? They had to first follow and then they had to learn and then they had to experience his power and now they're ready for the next thing. Now they're ready to represent Jesus. You see how they're growing? And it just keeps on going. Look, in chapter 13, now Jesus is traveling around. He's preaching and teaching and all that stuff, and he's preaching mostly in parables, right? In fact, look at verse 34, Matthew 13, 34. Jesus always used stories and illustrations like these when speaking to crowds. In fact, he never spoke to them again without using parables. But then later what he would do is he'd get the disciples together and he would explain the parable to them right? And so what's happening now is because they're not like the crowds. They're not just there for a show. They're not just there to see a miracle or something like that. They're they're really pursuing Jesus on a deeper level. They're, they're, They're growing, right? So they're following him. They're learning from him. They're seeing his power. They're representing him. And like the next phase for them was to really pursue Jesus and understand him on a deeper level. Okay, now we're in chapter 15. It's the feeding of the 4,000. We all know that story, right? And so now they've been watching all these miracles happening and all that good stuff. But look what happens now. He feeds 4,000 people, and the disciples don't just sit there and watch, right? They're not just witnessing this miracle. What are they doing? They're passing out the food, right? They're passing out the fish and loaves. They're cleaning up the mess afterwards. What's happening now is they've gone from just following to learning. seeing his power to representing him to pursuing him and now they're actually serving with jesus they're on the a team now right they just keep you see the growth they just keep growing and growing and growing and growing chapter 16 now they've been following him and they've been learning and seeing his power and representing and serving with him and now they start to really get jesus have you ever had that in your life you've been trunking a lot things are pretty good i understand jesus we have a relationship everything's good and then all of a sudden it's like what You have like this new understanding. It's like they they really, it's like they they get him now. He's on a whole nother level. And that doesn't just happen at the beginning, right? That's happening throughout our walk with him. And so this is like next level stuff for them. So this is 1613. Jesus comes to uh, Caesarea Philippi and he asks his disciples, who do people say that I am? And they say, well, some people say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Elijah. Some say you're Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And then he asks them, yeah, but who do you say I am? who do you say I am? Everybody sees that. Who do you say I am? Look what Peter says. Verse 16, you are the Messiah. You are the Messiah, the son of the living God. This is like a a whole new understanding. Do you see the growth? Do you see the growth? They followed him at the lake, I think largely because they saw a miracle, right? That was cool. We'll follow him. And then they heard his teaching and they began to learn. Right? And they just continue to grow and grow. Now they're participating in the miracles and now it's like a whole nother level of really getting Jesus. In fact, look at uh, verse 21. This is Matthew 16:21. From then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly, that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem, that he would suffer terrible things at the hand of the elders and the leading priests and the teachers of the law, and he would be killed, but on the third day he would be raised from the dead. So like now they get it. I mean, they they get Jesus now on a completely different level than they did the day before, the week before, the month before, the year before it. There is no way Jesus would have dropped this bomb on them, that he's gonna be killed and raised from the dead on the third day. There is no way he would have told them that that day at the lake. They weren't ready for it then. They had to grow, they had to learn, they had to experience his power, they had to go out and represent him, they had to take these next steps. They 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 were growing. Do you see the growth? Do you see the steps? Do you see how it's like every step is a little higher and a little better and a little stronger and a little further down the road? Uh, in chapter 23, now Jesus starts getting more confrontational with the religious leaders and he's running into a lot of opposition. He's running into a lot of threats and it's time for the disciples to grow a little bit more. They didn't stop following. They didn't stop learning or seeing his power or representing him. But now that they're really getting him, they were ready for the next step in their growth. It It was time for them to stand with Jesus. It's a whole nother level from what they had done before. And you don't really, when you read it, you don't really see Jesus um, comparing the disciples against each other, like where you're at versus where you're at. And you don't even really see him, like, complaining about where they are on their journey. It's like they all started somewhere, right? They all started somewhere. When Jesus came to them, they were wherever they were, right? And from that point on, he, he started moving them forward. He started, he started growing them. He started taking these next steps of following and learning and seeing his power and representing and pursuing and serving with him and really getting him. And now they're standing with him. Do you see that they were growing? Healthy things grow. And now we're kind of at the end, it's Matthew 28. And, and he, would have, he would have never done this when, when they were newbies, right? But in the last chapter of this story, it's Matthew 28, 18, It says, Jesus came and he told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and earth. They probably couldn't have handled that statement at the lake that day, right? I've been given all authority in heaven and earth, therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This is the biggest assignment in history. Right? He's trusting these 12 guys to do the most important task that anybody's ever been asked to do. He's releasing them. He's sending them out to, to change the world, to make disciples of the whole world. And, and here's the point that I want you to get from this. Do you think they were ready for that charge? Do you think they were ready for that assignment that day at the lake? I mean, can you imagine? They're out there dragging their fish in, right? They're out there fishing, and Jesus walks up and says, I've been given all authority in heaven and earth, and i go into the world and make disciples. They weren't, they weren't ready for that. There's no way they were ready for that. What were they ready for that day? Just to make a commitment, just, just to start to follow him. And then, I mean, that was a big step. That was a big step, but it was the first step of many steps, and so they took a step. And then they grew to learn from him, right? And then they took another step and they grew to really trust him. And they took another step and they grew to represent him and to really pursue him and to serve with him and and, and to really get him and then to stand with him. And then they were ready. Then they were ready. It's three years later. Then they were ready to go out and do this amazing thing of making disciples of the world. This is the plan. And this is the power of Jesus. Healthy things grow. And if you read the stories, man, James and John said and did some really stupid stuff. Right? Peter said and did some, like, really, it gives me great hope to read the stories of Peter. Right? Like, it, he did some really stupid stuff but we don't really see Jesus criticizing where they are in their walk. And we don't really see Jesus come, you know, Matthew, you should be a better prayer. We don't, we don't see much of that, right? And we don't really see Jesus comparing, you know, James, why can't you be more like Bartholomew? You know, we, don't, we don't see him doing very much of that. He didn't, he didn't give them a grade and like flunk them out or something. He just kept taking them wherever they were and moving them forward and growing them one step at a time. And the fact that they had shortcomings didn't mean they weren't good enough, right? It didn't mean they weren't healthy, because for Jesus, it wasn't about where they were. It's about where they were going. It wasn't about where they were. It was about where they were going. And I think if you want to live, if you wanna really experience life, if you, if you, especially life with Jesus, if, if you wanna be healthy, you, just, you have to keep growing, because healthy things grow. It's it's not it's not about where you are. It's about where you're going. So like, students, like right? if you you don't have to compare yourself to other students. You, I mean, if if you're not growing in your education, right? If you're still reading and writing and arithmeticing at the same age you, you know, just like you were three years ago, I, I I can tell you right now that's not healthy. That's not because healthy things. Grow, and you might want to make some lifestyle adjustments to get healthier, right? You might need to get a tutor, you might need to study harder, you might need to do something different. Um, married people, you don't need to compare your marriage to others. Please don't compare your marriage to others. But if you're not growing closer together, if you're not growing in your understanding of each other, if you're not growing. In your, in your love for each other, if you're not growing in your joy in each other, that's not healthy. Healthy things grow. You might need to make a lifestyle adjustment, right? Maybe you need to read a book together. Maybe you need to pray together. Maybe you need to get a, a marriage mentor. Maybe you need to get some sort of marriage counseling. It's in every aspect of life, in your career, your business. If you wanna know how healthy your career is, don't compare it to other people. Compare it to yourself. The question is, Are you growing because healthy things grow and then most importantly christians if you really want to experience the rich satisfying abundant life eternal life the new life that jesus said he came to give us you don't need to compare yourself to other people If you're not praying as good as Debbie, or you're not, you know, worshiping as good as Joy, or you're, you know, you just need to ask yourself, not not, not even like, where am I? Just, am I growing? Healthy things grow. And if you are growing closer to him, if you're learning more about him, if you're in better communication with him, if you're serving him better or worshiping him more, enjoying him more today than you were yesterday, if you're resting in him more comfortably today than you were yesterday, praise God, right? Forget about what everybody else is doing. You're golden, man. You have a clean bill of health. And you are on your way to fully experiencing rich, satisfying, abundant, eternal life that Jesus has for you. If you see growth, if you don't see growth, if you look at yourself yesterday or last week or last year and, and, and you don't see, it's like it's not happening, you don't need to worry and you don't need to feel ashamed and you certainly don't need to compare yourself to other Christians. You just need to do what the disciples did, right? I don't see a lot of effort on their part, honestly, to grow. And you know what I see that they did? They, they just started where they were, and they just took the next step with Jesus. Even if, it's a, even if it's a baby step, it's not about where you are. It's about where you're going. And to get there, you don't like flip a switch, right? you, don't, you don't take a pill, you take a step. And then you take another step. Maybe it's a small step. And then you take another step and by his leading, And in his power, step by step, day by day, year by year, we grow healthier, we grow stronger, we become more like Jesus, we impact his kingdom, we continue his work as he sends us into the world to make disciples of every nation, and we experience the fullness of the rich, satisfying, abundant life that Jesus has for us, not settling for just staying alive, rich life, satisfying life, abundant, eternal life in Christ. It doesn't come when you try harder. It doesn't compare, come when you compare yourself to other people. It, 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 it comes when you do what they did. Stay close to Jesus, just take the next step. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you that you, that you love us so much that you came to save us, and thank you that you trust us so much that you want to give us this huge assignment, that you want to give us the same assignment that you gave them to go into the world and reach everyone for you. Thank you for including us as part of your plan, and thank you for gifting us and empowering us to do it, and thank you for loving us so much that you didn't want us to settle for just staying out of hell. You wanted us to have rich life, satisfying life, abundant life, Thank you for making a process so that we could enjoy that life and be part of what you do and part of your kingdom. Thank you, Jesus, for loving us that much for trusting us that much. And Jesus, right now, just help us, man. It's so hard for us not to look at other people and say, well, this is how they do it. This is how they do it. Maybe I'm doing it wrong or maybe I'm not doing it well enough. Help us just to keep, like the disciples, just stay close to you and take one step at a time. It's not about where we are. It's about where we're going. And we just need to stay close to you and let you take us there. So remind us of that every day. Change us and grow us and develop us. Make us more like you. In your name we pray.